Good day, inspired listeners. So great to be with you again today. My name is Stacy Fleece, and as always, I'm here with Samantha Tradelius. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning, good day, good evening, whatever it is for you. How are you? How are your how is your holiday prep happening? Oh god. You know what? I just I haven't even started. I have pumpkins outside and that's about as deep as it's going to get for me. I, I put moment. I put out like three Halloween decorations. My neighborhood gets very big into Halloween decorations and uh, I put out three things. Mm-hmm. Um because I I don't know why. Uh and now Halloween's been over for several weeks. It's time to put it away. It's time to put it away. The things that I put out, by the way, the day before Halloween are still there. You got to fix, you got to get your shit together. I really, this is why I should not decorate for any holiday ever. It's just, I I think about it every, I I really think actually we should be able to allow, we should be allowed to decorate for Christmas starting in like September because that's how long it takes me to get everything up. (laughs) So I don't know. That seems fair. Um, anyway, this morning, today, um, I am super excited that we are joined by Sarah Halloran from Yay. Southern California, joining us from the south end of the state. How are Hello. you, Sarah? We're doing well over here. A little cold, a little chilly. Well, How are you bundled up? What is it like in the I 60s? know. So yeah, in the 60s, it's in the 60s. You get a little chilly. <laughs> it is a little misty. I get it. I get it. Um, well, we we joke this morning, but we are going to get a little more serious today and uh, a little, probably a little bit heavy. And I'm going to try to do this without crying. I promise. Me too. Um, <laughs> but um, Sarah, you um, you are currently getting your master's in clinical psychology, but yes. have um, some pretty extensive experience in dealing with death and grief. And that ranges from infants to Mm -hmm. seniors. And um, I think most of us have experienced some level of it in our lives at some point, whether, uh, you know, maybe if you haven't lost a single, single relative, maybe a goldfish died once. Um, I've had a lot of goldfish die, but I'm not a good good goldfish parent in case anybody (laughs) was wondering. Um, but I, I, I do think it's, you know, it's something that obviously everybody will deal with at some point in their lives. It's um, not really talked about much, at least not in my world. Yeah. Um, and everyone always kind of says, oh, everyone deals with grief on their own, um, in, in their own way. And I sometimes I feel like that's just a cop out to not talk about it. Right. Um, so let's talk about it because you, you are in a very unique position where you've had to deal with it privately You've had to deal with it extremely publicly. Yes. Um, and I, I don't, I don't even know how that works. And <laughs> any, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Tell Let's us, a, tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I am. Yes, I've had a lot of grief and some trauma in my life. Um, I do have to say that grief does feel lonely. It feels like you are battling it alone. Um, but there are ways that we can kind of work with, you know, one another and, and try to bring that grief to the forefront. Because when you don't talk about it, you lock it away and it eats at your physical well-being, right? I mean, that's just, it, they, the book I recommend is Trauma Keeps the Score. 
Um, and in my experience, that is somewhat true. Um, I lost my niece and nephew. They were murdered in 2012 uh, by their nanny. And um, it was my brother, my my bio brother, um, and his children who were a very close family. And this was a this was a very public crime. Right. I mean, this was in New York City. It was it was a horrific murder by yes. a woman that they knew, love, and trusted, and left in charge of their most precious beings. Right. Which we've all done as mothers. Mm-hmm. We, we've all done. Um, and, and I remember hearing about it on the news out here. Right. And it was, they knew her for two years. I mean, the betrayal behind that too. So um, it was really public. And I feel like the media adds a whole nother trauma to, yeah. you know, <laughs> to people's lives who are in the public, you know, when something excruciating happens. Um, but the body and the brain are really amazing, right? They, they literally protect you and the brain, it's like that fight, flight, freeze kind of thing. Your body kicks in and you do everything possible to get through it. And it really, it really is a powerful source, right? Um, the thing is where we, as humans need to understand is with trauma, it has to be on your own time. Same with grief. You got, you know, we have to stop uh, pathologizing everything. Oh, they're insane. No, someone in their life just got murdered. Right. Um, It it needs to be more accepted. Uh, I feel like with my experience, like I said, it helps, right? Support systems help. All of that helps. What really triggered a lot of my grief to come back and my trauma was the trial. So that happened five years later. So in 2018, the nanny came to trial. Who murdered? Why, I, why does it take five years? And okay, I, this may be rhetorical, totally. but why does it take five fucking years? Yeah, before years. you get your day in court. It, it makes no fucking Attorneys, sense. Attorneys, and you have to live through it every day, and then every five day. years later, here you are as a family having to bring all this shit up again. Everything. Please, please, in our comment section, please, please note that if you have a good answer to that, I'd like to <laughs> yeah. Know. Let us well, know. What What happened in our case is that she kept on pleading insanity. So there would be like a new uh, psychiatrist or therapist who had to interview her, you know, to make sure that that was right. But in the, in the eyes of the law, if you don't show signs of psychosis prior to the event, right, then you are not crazy. And the thing is, is uh, you think, you know, you hear this and you're like, she's fucking crazy. Yes. Because who would do that? Who in their right mind would do that? Right. So in that aspect, yeah, she is fucking crazy. But in the mind of the law, it was intentional. It was this, it was that. She knew better. And now she's in in prison forever. Um, But the whole trauma came back. And I think it was more than any one of us understood. Right. I mean, we did not expect all of 
the same feelings to come back in our body, in our minds, reliving that every moment of that time, which you have to think that time was when uh, the big hurricane, Hurricane Sandy, Sandy, Sandy hit New York. Um, uh, Sandy Hook, where the kids died, was two months after the death of my niece and nephew. So all those little triggers are really hard to handle. The thing that helps me the most is understanding, especially with the trauma piece, how it changes your grief, how it changes your life. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you enough the education behind how your brain works through it. It gave me some peace of mind because you literally feel like you're going crazy when something like this happens, even though I want to take away the crazy part, we're all normal for feeling that way. Right. But in your own head, you don't even know how to like function. I think you have two different, like you're saying, two different components happening. There's mm-hmm. a trauma, which is like just a, grief. a fucking mess. Yes. And then you've got grief, which is right. this undisclosed emotion that like none of us know how to deal with. Like there's no right. toolbox that you're like, okay, when this dies or this feeling comes on, this is how you're supposed to feel. Like it affects no. us all so differently and differently. some intense areas are different. And so mash those two together and like, then have to do it again after you've already yeah. done it. I mean, right. my God. And they actually call this, cause I'm getting my clinical um, psychology degree. They call this traumatic grief, right? So trauma, it's like a paradox. Trauma you want to avoid anything to do with the story. There's avoidance, right? But with grief, you want it to come to you. You want to talk about that. You want to think about it. But with the trauma grief, it's like this thing where like, you don't want people to come near you, but then you do because it's kind of like this battle of, well, bring it up, but don't bring it up. Bring it up, but don't bring it up. But do you want, do you want to talk about, like, it seems like grief, uh, it seems like grief closes off a, a lot of people. And and maybe maybe subconsciously they want to talk about it or, or consciously they want to talk about it, but subconsciously they don't. Grief doesn't seem to me like a real open and welcoming emotion. Well, I think that's because of our society. Um, if we we've could, made it closed off, we've made it closed off. So, you know, platitudes, you know, those kind of like, oh, they're in a better place or, oh, you're going to find comfort, find that silver lining kind of attitude. Oh, you mean like when it rains on your wedding day, they say it's good luck, but all it really yeah. means that you get a mud trail on the bottom of your dress. <laughs> exactly. Sort of that kind of yeah. shit where you're yeah. like, that's not helpful. <laughs> you know, like that's prayers. bullshit, by the way, yeah. anybody who thinks that's it's it's all bullshit. It's a crock of shit. Anyway. And you know, it's fine and it's fun, you know, to kind of say those things. But when someone's grieving, you don't say those things because that will close them off immediately. In fact, the best thing you can do is allow them to talk about if they want to talk about it and give them, you know, I think people fear silence. It's something I fear. Right. If someone's talking to me, if I'm silent and not like, yeah, and you know, and talky, 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 you know, 
we're all kind of like, ah, what do we do it's, with silence? It's that awkward pregnant pause in any conversation, <laughs> right? Totally. Nobody, nobody wants it to just stop. Right. Because they like, who's going to go next? Yeah. But don't wait, you realize wait. when something happens to someone, immediately people are right there right? You mm-hmm. get this swarm of bees oh, that are like, Sam. here I am, here I am, here I am. And people you've never seen before. And now all of a sudden they're there and they're, you wow. know, they're right there. And, and I've even For been guilty of it because you don't know what to say when someone suffers a loss. And right. it was interesting. A woman in the neighborhood recently, her husband just dropped out of a heart attack. And mm. I was just like, it was one of those moments where you're like, fuck, like that could happen to any of us. Like, and Mm. they've got young girls and oh my God. And I was like, I need to say something to her. I don't really know her well, but I knew that she had helped um, with some sparkle stuff one year her daughter had. And I wrote her a message and I just said, look, I know you don't know me very well, but I want you to know that like, I remember your daughter and I remember you and I remember that women are strong and you will get fucking through this. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I'm not telling her like, I'm here for any, I'm just like, that's all I could think about was like, I just need to give her something that maybe will make her smile or feel good. And yeah. she wrote me back and said, thank you. And that was like, oh, yeah. but like everybody, it's like, everybody wants to be that person. And it's not right then and there that everybody, you don't need all that at that time. Well, that's the thing. Um, and this has been with, I just lost my dad in August and it's been a very different experience. Um, for me, the trauma, the traumatic grief I experienced is different than, you know, a natural death happening and a different grief. It also is different because obviously I was a lot closer to my dad than my niece and nephew with them living in New York and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's, what people kind of get confused is they think they should be there right away. Right. But you can't even comprehend who's there mm-hmm. when you're going through grief in any fashion, whatever kind you're not processing it. Then you feel like obligated and guilty and bad that you're not thanking someone, but that you don't, you know, you can't, it's like, literally you can't. And it's not until like three months after the death, or after the experience that you really need people to start kind of showing up, but everyone loves to show up in the beginning. Everyone's gone after month three. Ah, uh, everyone's gone after month one. Yeah. And that's By month need three, and that's, you're back yeah. to being alone and isolated yeah. and silent and closed and off in your grief. Here we are again. Right. Here we are. We need to start accepting that grief, no matter what, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, it's going to happen to you. If it hasn't already happened to you, it will, you are guaranteed that. I remember um, when my grandmother passed away and she was the first person that was somebody that, I mean, I had a f- couple friends in high school and college commit suicide and those were tragic, yeah. like <laughs> fucked up situations, but this was my grandma and I never lost anyone. And it crippled me, like yeah. literally like I could not move. And I'd never felt like that in my entire life. I mean, I, I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't deal with it. I mean, Felice, you've known me forever. I was just like, fucking shut down. Mm. And it took a long time to be able to yeah. feel comfortable with her memory and, and not cry every time I thought about her. Um, and I'd never felt anything like that. And it's like, it's so, I don't know what it's like to lose a parent, but I know I will have to at some point. And that is, 
frightening, you know, because I know what it was like to lose my grandmother and how debilitating it was. And I'm just like, but that brings me to why I asked you to come on tonight today Mm -hmm. was because of what you've done with your grief and how you're showing the world that it's okay to grieve in your way. And tell us a little bit about your project right now with what you've got online. So I never, you know, I kept on wanting to tell my stories, right? I just wanted to talk about it. And I know that, you know, society kept on saying, shut down, shut down, shut down. I mean, even people close to me are like, you know, are we over it yet? Why are we still talking about it? Because people don't understand that it becomes part of your history. It's your makeup, right? You can carry it in a, in a light way, but it's part of you. It does not go away. It doesn't. Your grief, your trauma, there's no past to it, right? You didn't grief away, you know, you didn't trauma away. There's no past tense of that word. There's no past tense. So you kind of just have to talk about it. And like you said, uh, Stacey, people don't want to talk about it. It feels like this like icky thing. Right. And, Oh God, I don't want to be that person who like bores the crowd or makes everyone uncomfortable or, you know, but if we all just were like a little bit more open, you'd allow that person to process it so that they don't close down. And then they can get to a place where they're similar to the self you knew. Right. I don't know if you've experienced this, but some people have said like, you've changed. Well, yeah, well, I am older. Eh? I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm a grown woman. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not drinking to the point where I'm falling in bushes and stuff like that. <laughs> I might. <laughs> For yourself. <laughs> Sarah is such a fun Sarah. <laughs> and, you know, I miss her too, but I, you know, things have changed. Um, but I do think that processing my grief and allowing myself to tell my own story has really made it easier to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and because... so you've got this Instagram and what is yes. your handle? It's my grief and me, my grief um, and me. And we'll put uh-huh. it in the show notes, but it's a storyboard essentially yeah. of how we're feeling today or a special something that's come up. And what are you getting with the response from the, the world with this? Are you getting people that are like, thank you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There is such a huge community out there of grief, uh, people who have experienced grief and want to talk about it, but everyone shuts us down in the real world. I I don't know whether it's easier probably over social media or some sort of, you know, online uh, platform because you don't have to look people in the eye. Well, and I was going to ask, is it, do you think it's easier not only over a social media platform, but with, we'll call it relative strangers? Yeah. As opposed to someone close to you. I don't like, oh, oh I don't want to burden my friends. You. I don't want to burden my family. Um, ding, ding, ding. A hundred <laughs> thousand percent. But it still gives them the opportunity to get it out in yes. the way that we probably all should, but most of us don't. Right. It's kind of like, I figure like my that whole blog was not meant to have like a ton of followers, but if it helps people, I'm so down, you know, I'm not like worried about how many people are following, how many likes I have, things like that. It was just a place 
where I was already online all the time, right? I'm writing my stuff in my notes section of my, you know, um, my thoughts down because that I, that's how I process things by writing. And I was like, let me just share it. And the responses, Sam, like you're asking, have been, thank you. And like, oh, me too, you know? And I, I'm so glad someone thinks that way like, or the same way I do. And so it's just been really, you feel connected. You feel less alone. So your, your brother and sister-in-law, one of the things they did in the years following is set up the Lulu and Leo fund in right. uh, named after their two children who were murdered yeah. um, to support creative education programs. How does that, uh, how does that sort of fit in the whole grieving process and as a, you know, as a tool in the toolbox, is that, um, how, so how does that come about? Yeah. I mean, many people start funds and stuff, um, after a really traumatic event. Um, what it does is it gives you a new purpose in your life. So I don't necessarily love the saying a new normal, right? So after big events in your life, people say, well, it's your new normal. Uh, kind of gives me like, ugh change. Like we don't like change. Don't tell me it's a new um, but it is true uh, in a sense. You have to kind of find a new purpose. So you know how you have like your life goal and you kind of have your vision and then all of a sudden it's like whoop curve. Yeah. Well shit, I gotta get back online, but it's gonna be I'm veered, you know? Is it is it um is it people finding their new their new purpose? Or is it people finding a new purpose in those that they've lost? It can be either or. It really should be a purpose that I've seen. It doesn't have to be a purpose in their death because there's not always going to be that cookie cutter why, right? Especially after a, a big traumatic loss, um, like a senseless murder. I, I don't know right? how you ever get a why to that ever, ever, yeah. ever. That is one question. I'm going to tell you, sorry to steer you off, but steer away. If you, (laughs) if you can do anything, uh, especially for a traumatic grief, right? So that's a big, what we call a big T trauma. So any event that someone else is like, yeah, try to stay away from the question of why, because there is no why. You're never going to get an answer. Ne- there is, yeah. there doesn't Talk always about have driving to be you to an insane spiral of bullshit. A bullshit. Like that's, that, that's, that's the, that's the Winchester mystery house of questions. Yeah. You're never going to find the end. Like no. the question that I was asked a few times was, well, why do you think the nanny did it? And I was like, uh, first of all, who the fuck cares? Well, right at that point, it's like they're I mean, dead. What do you want from this? She did it. Who the fuck cares why? She wanted $20 an hour instead of 18. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I just, that's my advice for anyone who's dealing with someone who's lost someone in a very tragic way. Do not ask. Don't ask why. Do not ask why it rips them apart. Um, And that don't ask why three months after is probably a good time to show up because most people won't be. Right. 100%. What other tips and what other tips and tricks do we have? We're like the Martha Stewart of death right now. Yeah. No, we're breaking what it down. We're opening <laughs> our, our handbook. Um, 
I, I wanted to know too, because I never have ever asked you that. I mean, did you feel that people came out of the like woodwork when this all took place? And, you know, were you able to kind of, were people being like obsessed with the sensationalism of like what was happening and not necessarily like understanding like what had just occurred to the Krim family? Like, was that, cause I was, I mean, I've been in your life for I mean, yeah. like forever now. Right. You know, right. not as much as I used to be because you don't live so close, but I mean, I'm always there and watching and I was seeing all kinds of things. Like, who are these, like, who are these people? Well, so this is the strange part. So it is, I think it's a very unconscious thing that people are going through. They, people gravitate to Trump, like dramatic events that are public in the, in, you know, through media, through the eyes of other, you know, cause they get, they feel like they have a window into your personal life. Right. So people gravitate, oh my gosh, a murder. What happened? You know, it's so sensationalized. Um, you know how we all, I even like them, those whole like murder documentaries on Netflix. Oh yeah. Well, true crime. Yeah. Oh, we forensic files fan, forensic right. files fan right here. Me uh-huh. too. I am, yeah. I am someone, a dateline, I'm in. I go on Twitter and I'm like reading the hashtags and oh. I do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all do it and it becomes a little invasive, right? Where people are like, especially the strangers that came, but it was so kind at the same time. So there's the paradox of trauma mm-hmm. and grief. Grief, you appreciate the people coming to you. With the trauma piece, you're like, what the, get the fuck away, you know? So there's the, there's the paradox because you appreciate it, but you don't want to talk about it. And why all of a sudden are you into my family, Right. right? Like, where you been? Who are you? Yeah. I'm like, I haven't talked to you since I was three or I've never met you. And you want me to meet you in Philadelphia? Uh, yeah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it became really, you just started losing trust. And that's another sign of trauma. It's a, it's a piece of trauma. The trust thing, you know. And it's hard because it's like, once you've been violated in that way, it's like, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know how you become okay, you know, yeah. and, and it's even with just a normal grief part, that emotion too. It's like, it takes a really fucking long time to feel like you again, um, because 100%. there's a part of you that's, that's, that's different. That's not right. there. Right. You know? Yeah. And I feel like, uh, it's okay to be a new you. And we love I think, a new you. We yeah. love a new you. Lisa <laughs> and I are new It's the new the you. Time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, people want to hold on to the past so much because it's comfort. Um, but knowing that it's okay to grieve in your own way, be compassionate, be empathetic. And that's the thing that comes from true hardcore grief is it opens your heart to others, which is a very powerful place to be Um, and not a place that many people know how to be right because people are so wrapped up in their own bullshit at the time Mm -hmm. um that they don't really get that there is more to the world than their little hemisphere a hundred percent one thing i want to talk about too prior to getting back in your master's program you worked for many years at a senior care facility if i'm not mistaken and seeing, I'm, I, were they transitioning 
on the way out or was this a, I don't know what process were you seeing a lot of grief there too? A ton of grief. Um, we had an assisted living portion and they were more vibrant, um, you know, not right on the trail of getting out, but we also worked with residents who had dementia. Um, and they, the grief that is felt, um, in families that have a family member who has some sort of dementia. So dementia is like the umbrella and then you have Alzheimer's and Pick's disease and frontal lobe and blah, 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 blah. Right. So it's that anticipatory grief. It's, I was gonna say, it's almost like grief before the, the traumatic event happens because, it seems like so often the the death of the memories and the death of the uh, the attachment and the recognition happens before the yeah. body goes. Mm-hmm. So it's really a lot of processing, you know, like you have that, or, you know, if your mom or dad or relative of any kind gets diagnosed with a terminal illness where we know that maybe treatment's not going to work forever, or this is, you know, this is going to kill you eventually, um, which happened a lot in our community as well. So uh, it's interesting. I felt like the individuals who had better relationships with their family member processed the grief a lot easier than those that did not, because we provided support groups after the fact. And they really had a lot of, um, of complex grief, you know, where there was layers and layers of more issues. So I do recommend to those who have parents, um, you know, if, if it is okay, and they didn't cause you too much pain or trauma to try to mend those relationships and, and get to know your loved one. Yeah. And that is a fantastic note to end on because we covered <laughs> a lot of ground and I think really opened up a pretty dark subject to yeah. be a little lighter and understand that you're not alone mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, fighting this battle um, on your own because there are so right. many people out there doing it in their own way. And you have opened up, I think, a lot of um, conversation to be had about ways of dealing with grief and different types of grief. And I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate you as a woman and as a friend and always have. So being, being, uh, having you as a guest here really meant a lot to me personally, and I appreciate it. Um, I just think you're such a badass and um, it's just, it's important to, uh, to talk about things, right? Even if they're uncomfortable. Uh Absolutely. So we comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's what, what'd you say? Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's, that's what you got to do. So I hope everyone finds uh, a way to become inspired this week and to show grace and to know that it's okay to have an emotion of grief and not know what to do with it and find your own way to uh, find your happiness. Have a great week. Mm